Has a lane, 15-10, touchdown, Chargers! What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. It's June 1st. I figured we'd get into OTAs today. Uh, here uh, from Rashawn Slater, Kellen Moore, Keenan Allen. Get reaction to that. But, you know, Money, we've talked about this day for a while now. Uh, you wonder what the Chargers have up their sleeve in this fourth and fifth wave of free agency. I guess we'll find out soon. It's, it's surprising, Chris, because there are still so many good players left out there. And I know a lot of people are looking at DeAndre Hopkins. He even mentioned Justin Herbert by name on a podcast. Yeah. That's not a reality. It, he's just as good of a receiver as he is. The, the man's entire body is made of stickum. He doesn't drop anything. It's just not the right fit with Mike and Keenan and a first-round pick and Quentin Johnson and Josh Palmer. So th- that's not – just kind of push that to the side. It's just surprising to me how many – and these are premium positions. Wide receiver, corner, Marcus Peters is out there, O-line, Dalton Reisner's out there. D-line. I mean, look at the edge rushers that are still available. We've said these names every single week on the podcast with Jadavian Clowney, Justin Houston, Frank Clark, Yannick Ngakwe. The list is long. We've talked about Leonard Floyd and his relationship with Brandon Staley in both Chicago and Los Angeles and how that's a good match to try to find some depth on this defensive line. The one little interesting thing that's changed today is that Damon Lloyd, Damon Lloyd was just waived. And there's really no reason, right, to waive a player unless you're trying to open up a spot, unless you just know, or maybe you want to, maybe you're being a nice, you know, the front office is being nice to Damon and say, hey, let's get you out as early as you can so you can find another place to to connect. And and we know the Chargers try to do that as best as possible. But that's just an interesting little thing. Uh, They now have two roster spots open. And I'd love to see, you know, we talked about this last week, some creativity, get out there, get get some depth specifically on that defensive line is what I would love to see if they can find a way to match up one of these edge players with a number that works for them. The names you just threw out there, <laughs> June 1st, we're still talking about Ndakwe and Lloyd and Frank Clark and Clowney. I mean, one of those four guys I think would be a fantastic addition to this roster. Obviously, I, I'm not in the meetings with, with Tom and JoJo and, and that staff and what Staley uh, envisions as being the best fit. Obviously, Leonard Floyd is a guy that he coached before. But if you could get one of those guys on a one-year prove-a-deal and come back and make more money in 2024, uh, that's a win-win all around. And, and it just gives you a little bit more depth behind Bosa and Mack. And it leads me to believe that it's not going to be an expensive deal. They would have been signed. Well, there was a team that was desperate and Almost every team is desperate for edge help, for pass rushing help. For That's surprising. Even, even though the sack numbers aren't there, Jadavian Clowney is still one of the best edge run defenders out there, and he still provides pressures. Maybe not the sack number totals that you thought you would see, but the pressures are there, the hurries are there, the quarterback hits are there, the run, setting the edge and the run is there, and we know what a problem that was last year. And to me, it just... it. And and when I hear Kyle Van Noy say that the Chargers essentially told him that he wasn't going to be coming back, it leads me to believe, okay, well, they must be lining something else up. Because for the number that he got last year, as well as Kyle ended up playing toward the end of the season, it certainly would make sense for them to say, hey, let us know when you get an offer 
and let's see if we can match the number. All things being equal, we know you want to be here. Let's see if we can line, you know, line it up. And the fact they didn't do that leads me to believe perhaps they're further down the line with an agent for Clark, Houston, Floyd, Ngakwe, one of those, Jadavian Clowney, and they just view that as an upgrade. That, yeah, we love you, Kyle, but we're working on something that maybe is is a little bit better for us. And who knows? They can still go back to Kyle if he can't find a gig and and write that check as well. Yeah, stay tuned with that. You know, Bryce Callahan, another guy who who's out there right now, yeah. who was a was a great addition to the secondary last year. Um, a, a guy we didn't see for a majority of last year, uh, money was Rashawn Slater. He spoke. I found him very refreshing, man. I, I always uh, appreciate when Rashawn goes to the podium because he's very forthright with his answers and very genuine guy. Um, he's a hundred percent. He said he's been a hundred percent for a few months now, which means that he probably. Had the Chargers beaten the Jags, probably would have been a good chance he'd be starting against Kansas City in the divisional round. What a boost that would have been. And I'm sure he was <laughs> thinking about it when they were up 27 nothing. Right? Right? By the way, you and your forthright, refreshing. Eh, listen, people, Chris is a Northwestern guy. Sean is a Northwestern yeah. guy. So, of course, knew, uh, they're going to read between the lines. Of course, they flaunt each other's big brains and how well-spoken they all are. And, oh, the school of journalism is one of the finest in the nation. Enough. Well, oh, hey, hey, go back I, to hey, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask if you saw this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pro Football Focus put their, like, top 10 tackles together. And, listen, this is Chargers Weekly. I get it. But, objectively speaking, how is Colton Miller ahead of Rashawn Slater? The, the pro football focus, I'll start, this, this is not me trying to couch what I'm about to say. I, it is an awesome site, a yeah. great service. And for we the most part, the time. I really love what they do. The service they provide, and, and we have a team access path to what they do on a different level that a lot of the fans maybe don't, but I, I completely recommend their services, their, their premier service. And then they also have something for teams that's just next level, how good it is. The one issue that most people have around football is how they grade because they don't, they don't know necessarily what was called and what the person's assignment was. So you're grading offensive linemen without knowing what their assignment was. Now, are there obvious times when an O lineman gets beat? Sure. But, but, to me, it's just throw on, throw on the games and watch Rashawn Slater and watch Colton Miller, and you tell me who you'd rather have. It's not even close. Colton so, Miller's okay. a really good tackle. He's not Rashawn Slater. I found it right here. Um, okay. Gordon McGinnis, top five AFC offensive tackles. Number one, Laramie Tunsil. Number two, Colton Miller. Number three, Rashawn Slater. Number four, Ronnie Stanley. Number five, Orlando Brown Jr. You know, in Gordon's defense, maybe just the the lack of uh, snaps last year for Rashawn. Maybe he's not. And so that, by the way, that's not PFF. That's just this dude. So not that. That's just his. That's his. It sounds like that is. That's not per PMF grades. Per PFF grades, it's just this guy, old Gordo there. Gordo, what he's got going. Yeah, Uh, half half of it has to be money. Maybe just out of sight, out of mind in his second year. Could be. Dude was a first team all pro his rookie rookie season. And I, I guess we're used to seeing what Joey Bosa 
did to Colton Miller, especially early in his career. Colton Miller's a good player, okay? I'm not I'm not saying he's not right. a good player. But uh, I, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around uh, Rashawn Slater. Uh, Who's he have number one, Tunsil? Tunsil's number one. Yeah, and that's fine. I got no problem with that. And I'm just looking through it right now. I Like, Teron Armstead's in Miami. Is he not on there? He's not in the top five. I think that was okay, another one, so- too. I'd have Teron Armstead. I would much. I would rather have Teron Armstead than Colton Miller. So that's that's another one. I'm not a huge Orlando Brown fan. Uh, I'd probably. I think if we're so like like that's what's funny, right? It's all just subjective. Um, I know I know Jedrick Wills has struggled a little bit, but I I believe you know I, I believe in his potential. So there's that. I mean, I, would I have him in the top five? No, he's got he's got a little bit of work to do. But I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is I think if you were to ask football people, hey, sorry, I'm looking off to the side here for people watching it on YouTube. I'm just kind of trying to go through some of these rosters and figure out like Garrett Bowles. No, uh, no, there's not. And that's like that. So that, it actually brings us to a bigger point, Chris. Like we're struggling to find five. That's that's why it is so important to invest heavily in the offensive line and why you bring back Pipkins, even though it was a bit of an injury-marred season and it was really his first year of flashing and looking like a legitimate starting tackle. It's why you draft Zion in the first round. It's, it's why you make Corey Lindsley the highest-paid center in the league. Offensive line is hard to find. We are struggling. I'm going through all of these teams and I am trying to find you know five really good tackles that that we can kind of kick around here and and you think about the Super Bowl aspirations of the of the Bills and it's like okay Deion Dawkins yeah he's he's all right he's an okay right tackle Spencer Brown no and not not feeling that one you go to Kansas City they just won the Super Bowl and they signed Donovan Smith as their left tackle he's like 60 and their right tackle is Jawan Taylor, who essentially Jacksonville didn't even want back, and they have a really gnarly-looking offensive line. So it's it's wild how hard it is to find that position. And, and this goes to something we talked about before the draft, that I would, dra- I would draft a corner and an O-lineman in the first five rounds every single year. Give yeah. me, maybe even first four rounds. Give yeah. me O-line. Give me corner every year because you just you got to throw that for lack of a better term you got to throw it against the wall you got to find these guys they are so hard to find like when you look at when you look at the Kansas City line right Trey Smith was a six round pick uh, talk about a find you know and that's like that's right guard to be able to find that in the sixth round like the Chargers did in the sixth round with Jamari Sawyer to be able to find a starting guard that's why you got to do that you just got to keep drafting those guys it's so important. Telesco and company have done it too. I mean, we talk about Trey Pipkins, yeah. a third round pick who they stuck with and uh, are, are seeing the fruits of that. And what was great was Rashawn was just talking about how excited he is to, to, to share that left side with, with Zion this year. Hmm. You, you got young guys all over the place. Go ahead. That's what I was thinking of. How is Ronnie Stanley not on that list? Hey, but Stanley, what, was, Stanley was three or four, I thought. I think oh, I thought, I thought Slater was three behind Colton Miller. Ryan was four, Orlando Brown was Okay, five. he was fourth. All right, well, there you Armstead go. Armstead wasn't on my, the list. My apologies. I was like, where the heck is that guy? It's... Yeah. But that's, I think, the exciting part about this upcoming year is that, A, Rashawn is back, right? You get a first-team all-pro right. back at left tackle. 
Um, you have Zion, who who had really good moments last year, um, on the same side as Rashawn. You have the anchor and Corey Lindsley leading the charge, the veteran there. You have Sawyer, who uh, Slater praised. He said he had no doubts that he was going to come in and, and do his job at left tackle. Um, and he could play anywhere. And talk about a find, late-round find for the Chargers. You put him, slide him at right guard, and then Trey, who has been working out with Duke Mannyweather and, and Rashawn and actually Foster Sorrell going down there, getting a little bit of that Duke magic too, which is, I think is a yeah. good thing. Uh, so just the, the potential for this offensive line money, all these young guys and perhaps the best center in football leading the way. It's a good segue into the um, Kellen Moore post-OTA presser. Yep. And of all the things to, to take away from Kellen, from Rashawn, and from Keenan, I think there were, there were two things that really – well, there's three. There were a lot of things. But the one that really stood out the most, and you can tell – there's, there's certain answers. Some of these guys don't really like to do it. I know the coordinators are typically uncomfortable doing it because they don't want to step on the head coach's toes. They're not quite sure what the talking points are sometimes. Don't want to talk out of turn. That's always been a big thing in football. When you're a coordinator, you, you, the last thing you want to do is create a story. You just try to play it right down the middle. But every now and then, you can see a disposition shift, and you could hear it. When, when you listen to it, you can hear it in his voice when he talks about the left side of that line and how excited he is. And he talked about, and this was something that Rashawn Slater echoed as well with why they want to make things simple. We've got our primary runs, and it's important for these five guys to be connected to make their assignments simple so when we call one of those primary runs – we can let their physical abilities take over. And that's when he leaned into Slater, Johnson, Lindsley on that left side and what he thinks is going to be a great strength in the run game. And it should be because it was the year prior whenever they ran with Filer and Slater and Lindsley. they talk about five yards per carry, and they just could not rediscover that last year, understandably so, when Rashawn went out. But it was also fun. And I know you saw this, Chris, just to hear how Rashawn talked about having Zion next to him and what the two of them have been doing together in the weight room. <laughs> he says he's trying to match Zion. I don't think anybody can match Zion in the weight room. And it, no, it, it, when Rashawn Slater is is having trouble doing it, you know what Zion is in the weight room. He's a beast. Uh, I think the most significant quote that came out of, you know, whether it was Keenan, Rashawn, or, or Kellen Moore, when Rashawn was asked about, how more can benefit the run game. I'm just going to read it verbatim. He said, yeah. simplification. You'd be surprised how much can change in the run game whenever certain rules are rearranged or just coaching points change a little bit. I think that's really going to allow us to just play fast and give us a chance to make explosive plays. And, and Kellen echoed that. Just when you have elite talent and they're allowed to play fast and not have to think, um, it also leads me to believe that maybe that wasn't the case last year in the running game. And, and, and the way well, that the, the things the are production would tell you that <laughs> the numbers say that, right? We yeah. don't, we don't really need anybody else to tell us, but uh, I think that's exciting for, for Chargers fans to, to not only get an all pro back at left tackle, but also um, these young guys, another year under their belt. And then uh, a coaching philosophy that allows a little bit more simplification for the offensive linemen to just do their thing and have the running game kind of take care of itself after that. And, and I would say you talk to any O-lineman, and I've been fortunate to work with 
a few of them, a few really good ones. I mean, some like Nick Hardwick and all pro yeah, and others like Brian Baldinger, who's as great a student of the game as we have in the media around football. And they'll both tell you the same thing as will any offensive lineman. And that's the Sean O'Hara who I worked with at NFL network. All those guys, they all say the same thing, man. We don't want to pass set. We want to freaking run block. We want to, we want to run at the defender and we want to humiliate them. And that's what they're, that's what they really are wired to do. And you can hear that in Slater. Like, yeah. And, and that's someone, remember, who, who is in the conversation as the best technique in football. That's what everybody talks about with Slater. His technique is exceptional. Uh, his ability to set, reset is unmatched, is, is one of the best in the league. But you've seen the videos. You see him climbing under all that weight. You're hearing about him talking about Zion. And we've been around Zion. You see how he's built. That's what those guys want to do. They want to impose their will. Because once you do that, well, now you got now, now you have a defensive line that's a little nervous about getting run over, and maybe they're trying to set themselves so they're not humiliated, you know, on Sports Center and shown getting pancaked into the ground. And now you've got an advantage in the pass sets. So, look, there's a reason why teams that run the ball really well tend to have the best offensive line grades. You know, why do you think Dallas and Philly? and Cleveland, and you look across their offensive lines, you know, we were talking about the PFF grades. When you look at the PFF grades, they're the teams that run the ball really well because it gives that offensive line an advantage. And so with Kellen Moore coming in, I think the offensive linemen recognize that as well. You know, and that's one thing, just kind of put a button on it, is the one thing that this offensive line has going for it is how strong it is. And I know that's the case for a lot of offensive lines, but like the one thing about Jamari Sawyer, well, why did he slip? Well, they just were worried about his athleticism, but man, once he gets his hands on you, it's over. And like that was that was the story on Jamari is they were worried about his length or his arms long enough to play tackle, probably not. Is he athletic enough to move inside? Don't know, but man, if he gets his hands on you, it's over. Yeah. And we saw that last year. You know, yeah, there were some guys that were really good at bending that got around him and and caused some trouble. But man, if he put his hands on you and now you got him sandwiched between a six foot six, three hundred and twenty pound Trey Pipkins, who's pretty damn strong and a bull in his own right, and and Lindsley, well, now you talk about someone who can really excel. And and I'm not surprised at all to see so much of the conversation focus on A, run blocking and B running the ball with the the contract incentives that that essentially acknowledge that Austin Eckler is going to be back yeah and I think everybody's excited about Austin I, I go back to a couple of years when when coach Staley first took the job he had uh he made comments about being a, a physical run team and just how how you have to run the ball to to set things up and um, I, I do think that they're going to get back to that this year just that identity that hey we can run the football when we need to run the football there's going to be certain instances and in games where you need to win games and you need to win it by running. And uh, everybody that talked about Austin Keenan and Rashawn and, and coach Moore um, said they couldn't be more thrilled uh, that he's going to be back. And uh, I thought one of the things that was a little bit revealing in, in Keenan's answer is uh, you know, how the offense is going to change. He says, well, Mike mm -hmm. you can go deep. We got a guy named Quentin Johnson. He can go deep. We're going to go deep this year. So yeah. I, I I think that that's what we're going to see. And, you know, fans wanted to see that last year. It, it just I think the personnel on the field didn't really allow for that with all the injuries. Um, but make no mistake, I think this is going to be a much more vertical attack. Maybe going back to the the rookie year of Justin Herbert, where you know 
T. Billy and Jalen Guyton and Mike Williams were catching bombs seemingly on a weekly basis. Yeah, uh, when Shane was was calling the plays, just to kind of go back to the 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 point you were making about needing to run the ball, we just have to go back to our most recent football memory, right? The fact that they could not run the ball in the second half when they were up 27 to 7. Is it 13 yards? 13 yards? Yeah. So there it is. You know, what, what, what happened? All you do is get a couple more first downs, you know, two or three, maybe four first. Can you get me four extra first downs? Not even scores, just first downs in the second half with that kind of lead that will get you into better field goal range, that will extend your drive and open up your playbook a little bit more. And they couldn't do it. They were behind the sticks the entire second half and the game just got away from them. So that's the goal of an offense. It's to stay ahead of the sticks. And that's why running the ball effectively is so important because it's an easy way to stay ahead of the sticks. If you can get those four yards, well, now play action works. Now your eye candy on your jet sweeps and your motion work because you're worried about a run game that's getting you four to five yards every time you touch the ball. That's why the why Shane and Nick and what they did, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen did in Philadelphia, was so effective. They had They had defenses on their heels the whole game. And it just felt like last year – the defense opposing defenses were never on their heels they were on their toes with their ears pinned back and they were coming because they couldn't run the ball very well the designed runs seemed like the defense knew what was coming at them and they never pushed the ball downfield going to the second point you were making Chris about you got the arm you've got the the guys that can make the plays you've got to go deep and and the reason why Keenan didn't follow that up with I guess that means that I'm not going to be doing much because he's going to be the beneficiary of that because you have oh, to commit no resources to explosive plays. And now Keenan's one-on-one in the slot, and we know what he can do to guys with his route running. He's going to be open the whole time. It's going to be one slant after the next for 12 yards and 15 yards and eight yards and first down here. He's going to lead the league in third down catches for first downs again this coming season because you're terrified you're going to get burned by that arm and those giant receivers on the outside or the speed of Jalen Guyton. Yeah, and maximizing Austin Eckler's touches too. That's another thing that Kellen Moore talked about is just, you know, it's not about carries or receptions, just touches, right? If you can maximize Austin's touches with uh, everybody going downfield, just makes the offense just really hard to stop. And, you know, he talked about an 18-game season when somebody was – was uh, asking him about the running back two position. He's like, listen, we, you got to have a stable of guys because it's a long, long season. So uh, I feel like Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly are going to get a lot of cracks at, at that running back two come training camp. And, and we talked about all these pass rushers. There's just as many running backs out there right now too uh, that could crazy. potentially be a fit. I mean, Zeke Elliott's another one that, that Kellen Moore knows really well. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's yeah. coming to L.A., but, you know, there, no, it there's makes guys. Sense. Chris, you know, the one thing that, that Zeke does as good as any back in the league, even after all those touches and, and all the the pounding that his body's taken, is pass. he's pass pro. That dude pass blocks his ass off. Yeah. And that's – if you're taking yeah. shots downfield, and we know Austin does it really well, and Josh Kelly's gotten better at it. We have no idea if Isaiah Spiller can do it, but it would not surprise me that – like that move would not surprise me at all if A couple they of months said, ago- hey – Money a couple of months ago, it was I think it was Schefter or somebody said that he's he's narrowed his focus to the Eagles, the Bengals, and then I think another team potentially maybe the Jets. 
And then we heard nothing over the last yeah. couple of months. So maybe maybe it's a clean slate now. I don't know. But it's just another guy to keep your eye on. Is Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette, they're both Kareem still Hunt's out still there. out there. Yeah, they're all still out there. And there you go. Kareem Hunt, I think, is a little bit – look, he we know what he's capable of doing. I mean, he could be a lead back. And, and any, but, again, it, it goes to what we, what we mentioned a little bit earlier. When all of these players are still out there, they're not getting the number they want. Yeah. And when you don't – you know, when you don't get the number that you want, you now need to play the, okay, where can I play so I can get my number next year? Where can I go where I'm going to put up numbers and I can, because the, the days of, of Zeke and, and Kareem Hunt getting eight, 10 million bucks, multi-year deals, those are gone. It's just the reality. Uh, the age they are, the the miles, they, the tread on the tires, they're looking at, I got to, you know, can I maximize this? Okay, I couldn't this year. I didn't get that five or six million bucks. Well, now I've got to take two or three million dollars with incentives. Where do I have a chance to earn those incentives and set myself up to at least get this same number next year? And so that's where, you know, the Chargers can come into play on offense. Okay, well, Kellen Moore, both Zeke and Tony Pollard ate. Tony Pollard's getting paid now. And Austin Eckler, we know, has said publicly, I need a second guy. And I, this, 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 this beats me down by the time the end of the season comes around. I need another guy that can, can match what I'm doing. So that wouldn't surprise me. It's not something you really want to spend money on. You'd like to go the cheaper route with rookie contracts at that point. You know, we always talk about spend your money at premium positions, O-line, D-line, corner, wide receiver, quarterback. You know, those, your, your linebackers, your safety, sorry guys, your linebackers, your safeties, your tight ends. You know, those, your interior linemen to some degree, you can cheat on that. Your linebackers, all Zeke, that. How much is Zeke even going to want? He, he just got the biggest contract there is for a running back, you know? So he's, he's got a pile of money. Um, you, you hope that maybe some of these guys, their focus is winning a championship and, and being in the best situation, knowing the offense. And he certainly would check those boxes. You know, Dalvin Cook's another guy that I know the Chargers don't really have the money for, but, like, where's he going to go? Like, who has the right. money for a Dalvin Cook? You know, is, is this – To me, they just – I feel like they figure that out in Minnesota. I don't know how they so? don't. It's a, it, yeah. yeah, it's a team that won, you it know, makes, what, 13 games last sense, year, 12 right? games? Mad, with Madison's there, but – Yeah, Madison it Alexander. Makes, uh, it, it just makes too much sense to have both those yeah. guys uh, with the weapons that they have on the outside, too. But When you talk you know, about it as a collective, though – like as a collective, corners, running backs, safeties. We've talked about John Johnson a million times, right? Like there's, there are so many players out there that are not going to get played, that aren't going to get paid, yeah. that are going to be available on bargain deals. And I'm anxious to see, again, some of this goes back to waving Lloyd earlier today when we're recording this on Thursday. It's like, ooh, who is that? Is that are, we, are we looking at something here? Is there something? Are we working on a little something here that can – Give this team some depth because, man, we saw what happened last year along that defensive line, the interior of the line, the edges when Bosa went down and searching for that second pass rusher and how long it took for Kyle Van Noy to finally solidify something opposite. Khalil Mack, corners, just as a safety measure, however long it might take Jackson to get back, you know, all that sort of stuff. There are so many players out there. Boy, it would be great to see some veteran depth added to to this group again not not talking about guys that are going to get in front of young players that you believe are ready to take that next step we're talking about depth yeah. in case guys that can rotate through that can give you 
X number of snaps as your starters rest when everybody's healthy and provide a viable situation if they go down. We may have taped this before uh, this happened last week, but Nick Williams, another guy, just to, to add depth to the yeah. defensive line. I don't remember if we talked 100%. about him or not, but it's we talked about it. Yeah, yeah, just another example of, uh, of right. a guy who who you know, I, I believe in Staley's biked up. He said that he took Austin Johnson's spot in New York when Austin came to the Chargers. So, right, you know, it's perfect, and that's a position where you don't know. When's Austin going to be ready? When's Tito going to be ready? You know, what is that? What does that look like? So that's, that makes some sense to me. You know, the one thing that's, that's good to see is when you look at the, I'm, I'm looking at the R lads right now, the Chargers depth chart, there's only one green in the starting lineup and that's Quentin Johnson. You know, your rookies are providing depth, man. When, go ahead and you want to have fun. Click on the Los Angeles Rams, our lads. Ooh. It is, you want to talk about, there There have got to be, I'm not exaggerating, 40 names in green. Green is rookies, by the way. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Here's on offense. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14. There's 16 on offense. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 21 on defense. 37 rookies on that roster. It's incredible how they have had to restock, you know, and, and, and what they're, what that team's going to look like. You look at their, if you look at special teams, it's all green. Every it's single. Like, it's like, there's no middle class with the fans, right? You have the, the, the old guys with Donald and cup and right. uh, Stafford and then all rookies. So, right. It's, I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, this year. I'm intrigued by what the Rams incredible. are going to try to, be this year are they, are they going to be a team that's going to compete in the west or are they going to be a team that's looking for caleb williams in 2024 that's what i would do i would do the latter I, I i would absolutely do the latter i don't think there is any reason to and it's just hard it's not that's the one thing i think people struggle with when they want their team to tank it's not basketball it's not baseball it's a violent game and yeah. guys can get hurt and their careers can end and that's where you have to be careful. You've got to try to play to win every game. And that's why typically roster construction is when you see the tank. That's how you do it. You're the Arizona Cardinals and you cut DeAndre Hopkins. You just did. It's like, yeah, we're going to eat $22 million. Yeah. That's what's that? Kyler, you're ready to come back? Go ahead. Hold out a little bit. Yeah. We're good. Let's, 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 let's leave you off the roster for two more weeks when you look at that roster of Arizona's along that front defensively they're telling you right now what what it's gonna look like in the desert in the fall yeah you know they're letting you know yeah so that's a little bit of an aside my apologies but uh, no but hey I I, want to end on this uh it's it's not charger related but it, it could be AFC related with with regard to DeAndre Hopkins you already said it it's he he mentioned Justin Herbert it's not an option it's not an option for the Chargers. Um, it's just not necessarily a fit. I mean, look, he fits anywhere. He's that he fits, good. But he yeah, fits anywhere. But I, but I think they've got other needs. What they, they, what they don't want is him going to Kansas City or Buffalo. And uh, I, I saw something today where Kadarius Toney, uh, they, they have really big plans for him this year. Um, we know that Diggs is in Buffalo. Um, where do you think DeAndre Hopkins ends up in in like I said, the hope for Charger fans is that you don't see him twice a year in Kansas City or late 
during the holidays playing for Buffalo. It's see, I think that the, the issue with DeAndre is he wants money. He wants that Odell Beckham Jr. fifteen million bucks, which and he I deserves, just don't know. Frankly, if Odell's getting it, I think I'm not saying he doesn't. Hundred yeah. percent. You know, the guy just lost twenty two million bucks, or you know, so it's like, or however much he lost in salary by by being cut. I don't. It's it's hard to find. I mean, he would fit really well in Miami with those burners oh with God. with Waddle. And, you know, with Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill just taking the top off, and here you've got a guy who catches put, everything and anything. The atmosphere money. It's week one. That's week yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's one. I think, you know, I, it's if they can't figure something out, I don't know if they're really trying to redo Corey Davis's number in New York. You would assume a vet is what – as great as their young receivers are, they've shown that they are just all in to win a Super Bowl this year in New York. I don't know if they could figure that out there. If I were him, man, I'd be looking at the NFC. I'd What's be like, let's, 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 you know, what, what do you put me with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson? Get me out there, man. Jordan you know, Madison. let's, let's do it in Minnesota. Let's, can, you know, how healthy is Michael Thomas? You know, Derek Carr doesn't really like standing in there too long and pushing the ball down the field. Well, here's a guy that's going to catch everything. Throw it in his general vicinity. He'll catch everything. You got Olave out there. Like, to me, that makes a lot of sense. And the, the South is is wide open. You know, Carolina traded DJ Moore. You want to make life easier yeah. for, for Bryce Young, your rookie? Give him a receiver that catches everything. Look at what Keenan meant to Justin Herbert his rookie year. Anytime he was under duress, he was looking for 13 Put them on Carolina. I mean, right now you look at their wide receivers. It's it's Adam Thielen, DJ Shark, and and Terrence Marshall. Like get Hopkins on that team. What about so Detroit? there's you know Jameson Williams is out for the first six weeks in Detroit. Hundred percent. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Hopkins, and, and uh, Williams with Gibbs in the backfield in that offensive line. Oh, yeah, be, because you've got you you've got the speed and and Williams when he gets gets back out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you got Marvin Jones, so you don't have a lot of speed out there. They kind of, you know, Amon Ra's more of that slot, not necessarily take the top off kind of guy. But, yeah, that's another one. Like, there's plenty of, of options out there in the NFC that I look at and I see, man, like, how about this? How about freaking Atlanta? Put them in Atlanta with with Drake London and just you're building the tallest basketball team in town. You've got all these Big old wide receivers with these giant catch radiuses. Bijan Robinson in the backfield. Kyle Pitts at tight end. You just got yeah, Patterson, giants. Algier. Run, Mac Hollins is out there now to give you a little bit of speed, like Scotty Miller for some speed. You know, the, in the slot, like that one looks good to me. He if I were him, I'd be looking. A, he doesn't need a, a franchise quarterback to get it done. He no. said he's done it with a lot of a lot of pedestrian 100%. quarterbacks. You know, the guy catches everything. It is incredible how. When we when when the Chargers played Arizona last year, I just remember watching him going, "How is he catching these balls? Yeah. They're 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 behind him. They're behind his head. They're on his back. There's a corner and a safety draped all over him. And then you just see the guy emerge, and he's got the ball and he's running like he's incredible. He really is. So there's like that. That's sort of where I'd be looking if yeah. I were him. I would I would try like that would be that would sort of be the uh, the path I would be looking at because you want production, right? Yeah. You want to show, yeah, I'm still a wide receiver one and I want 15 million bucks next year. I'll take the, I'll take the 9 million bucks this year, 12 million bucks this year, but I expect to get paid next year and I'm going to do it by putting up big numbers. So 
you know, uh, if Cleveland wants to elevate itself in the AFC conversation, it's a great one. Hopkins, Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper, and Nick Chubb in the backfield, uh, a little reunion between Watson and Hopkins, that could be something that right? would be potentially scary in the AFC North, too. 100%. Another great one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's we're Keep him out of the air. Maybe I'm just trying to manifest here, Chris. Get him to the NFC. Get him out of here. Yeah. Keep him over there. We got too many good players coming into this conference. It's driving me crazy. Well, it is. And, and you know, if, if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you look at yourself as a game changing player, you could you could be the reason why a team competes with Philly to go to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. Philly's the prohibitive favorite. We know that, and they're they're stacked at the wide receiver position, but. If you're a team like the New York Giants or uh, the Detroit Lions or the San Francisco, I mean, I'm just name, naming teams that are in the yeah. conversation. Any any team in that NFC South, maybe save for Tampa Bay, I think could can win that division next year. You no mentioned doubt. a couple of them. So um, if I'm Hopkins, I'm, I'm looking at that saying, okay, maybe I can be the difference maker in the NFC and, and put our team in the conversation against the Eagles in that NFC championship. And As opposed to having sign with a- 13 of 16. And preferably sign with a, uh, sorry, Chris, preferably sign with a team that's also shopping for an edge rusher. So you, you take up all their money and uh, the Chargers can can take that, can scratch that team off the list. That's what we're doing here, man. We're, 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 we're yep. trying to put Hopkins in the necessary spot to, to maximize the Chargers and everything they can do as well. Exactly. All right. That's what we do in June 1st, Chargers Weekly Money. A lot of speculation. Yeah. We're going to get to list season very quickly too at the end of June when there's not much going on and uh, we, we wait for training camp in July, but uh, at, at least we have OTAs and, uh, and a mandatory mini camp coming up to, to break down. Yeah, All right. and hopefully some, uh, some, some signings. That's, uh, let's cross our fingers. Yeah, a week from today, let's see if the, the Chargers bring on anybody new. We'll break it down here. For Money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly.